0: That's N-O-O-M.com to sign up for your trial today.
1: What is happening? Welcome to the Plus Pitch Podcast, your morning pitching podcast from PitcherList.com. My name is Nick Pollock. Today is the 26th of September. And yes, we're going to talk about baseball, man. It is the last week of the season. And by the way, if you are not a PL Plus member, we are doing something really fun. Uh, We're going to be giving away a free month of PL Plus essentially through the end of the playoffs with code PLAYOFFS23. Um, that is all in caps, Playoffs23, uh, to join the Discord uh, and see what we do as a community for the playoffs. It is such a fun place. I want you guys to get a, an idea of it. <clears throat> so definitely go sign up for that today if you don't have PL Plus. I mean, you can get a really good sense of what we offer here as uh, we're going to try to be doing some playoff streams live on Playback.tv. It's not confirmed, but at the very least, we'll be watching a lot of these games as a community there, um, with or without the video. So definitely go check out Playback.tv slash for that got the watch party for Cole Reagans and uh, Sawyer Gibson Long at 1 o'clock on Thursday as well. can't wait for that one. But anyway, yesterday we only had eight pitchers go. So Justin Verlander was my lead. Eight innings, one run, three hits, one walk, and eight strikeouts. I just wanted to give him praise for just a very good game. And he's held up through the year. Yes, it's about 156 innings or so, 157. And it's not quite the 180-200 that we wanted because he was the lead at the beginning of the year. But... I've considered him a holly, that is, someone not above a 25% strikeout rate with just solid ratios that you start pretty much every time, and Verlander held his end of the bargain here at eight strikeouts in eight innings, you love to see it. Do I like him for next year? Not really, Uh, I mean, that's really going to be the conversation for this week, is talking about 2024 before my top 200 comes out on uh, Monday night, or really Tuesday morning next week, but... This is cool, and if he gets one more start, uh, I don't know if he will, because it's Sunday, and depending on the scenario for the Astros, if they have it locked in, whatever it is, either starting or not, uh, that is, sorry, getting in the playoffs or not, that is what we'll see from Justin Verlander, right? Um, if they need him, he will start on Sunday. If not, then we won't see him, so plan accordingly. Uh, Blake Snell, ace is going to ace, had the golden goal, 21 whiffs, 39% be C- 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 only two walks now. Six innings, zero in runs for hits, uh, and seven Ks to go along with that against the Giants. As he should, it, it's incredible what a season he's had. And as far as Sunday goes, it's unclear. My gut says that Blake Snell will start on Sunday. I don't think the Padres are going to make the playoffs, and Blake Snell is walking at the end of the year, so let him have this final game to go 33 starts and seal that Cy Young. I mean, he already has it. Unless he allows like 10 runs in one inning, which they won't let him do. They won't let him in there for that amount of runs. But uh, I'm looking forward to it. I really hope he does make it. I'd be really upset if they don't. Um, Patrick Sandoval against the Rangers. Three innings of zero and runs, to hits, five walks, and two Ks. He was pulled with right oblique tightness, which essentially means that he won't be starting the rest of the way, which is very unfortunate because he was chucking cheddar. I mean, 95 plus... From Patrick Sandoval, over two ticks, almost three ticks harder, and he normally sits at like 92, 93. I've seen 91 from Patrick Sandoval. He hit 97, and I feel like he had one of those starts against the Rangers. So like, all right, you know what? I'm just going to see what happens. and just throw it as hard as I can, and I guess he got hurt, and that stinks because, man, I kind of dig that, <laughs> but of course, I mean, he didn't have any control of it, so all right. Poor guy. Um, Logan Webb against the Padres got the win. Nine innings, one run, nine hits, zero walks, and seven strikeouts. He threw 110 pitches, 63 change-ups. That's insane. 20 balls in play on change-ups. I mean, he understands that's his best pitch. He also threw a lot of sliders as well, 22% of those, more so than fastballs, 21% total between his uh, sinker and uh, four-seamer. Pretty cool. I love it. He's around 200 innings now. And Logan Webb, uh, I guess he has one more in him. Um, I-, I wonder if they will. I mean, I think at this point, Logan Webb has made his point. And uh, Sunday is always a weird day of, hey, man, you've done enough. You just won 110 pitches. Just please just rest now. And they'll let someone else go instead. I have to think that. Um, John Gray against the Angels. Six innings, one in run, five hits, zero walks, and seven Ks. An amazing start. I've been really sour on John Gray. We've seen three starts in a row where he just looks so bad. And generally when John Gray does badly, he just stays that way. And after the first one, I was like, oh boy, it's not going to be good. And it wasn't for two, and I didn't expect it to be good in the fourth. But out of nowhere, four-seamers perfectly spotted upstairs. Slider was brilliant. And then he left with right wrist tightness. What? The Rangers now have Nathan Ivaldi, who's injured, clearly, and throwing under 94. They have Andrew Heaney, who's been demoted to bulk relief, with Cody Bradford going today, maybe Sunday now. Dane Dunning doing whatever the heck he wants to do. And then they have Jordan Montgomery as the only one who's left, really, from the, the opening rotation as himself. It's, oh boy, if only they had Cole Reagans. It's it's rough for uh for the Rangers right now. They're trying to hold on to that uh, to that lead of the AL West. We'll see. And as far as John Gray goes, you got to assume that's it for the rest of the season. They would want him for the playoffs, but oh man, absolutely wild. I uh, if he's fine to go on Sunday, I guess that's all right. But yeah, I mean, I don't know. Merrill Kelly against the Yankees did his normal thing. 5 innings, 2 in runs, 4 hits, 2 walks, and 5 strikeouts, 13 whiffs, 24% CSW. He honestly did not pitch well. A lot of pitches right down the middle of the plate, and only a 42% strike rate on his changeup is just atrocious. But the Yankees aren't very good. He will get one more start on Saturday. That is the plan for the Astros. They made it, as I suspected that they would have Kelly and Gallen go in the final weekend so that they can uh, get an extra start from their better starters. Uh, before, as a fight for the wild card spot in the NL. It seems like they have it, but obviously they want to make sure that Merrill Kelly is in that rotation uh, for the final weekend, and it's the Astros. I think I'm still going to do it. Merrill Kelly's just been that good, even though this was not a good game. You could say some things about maybe the weather being a little bit weird and all that kind of stuff too involved, and Clark Schmidt here, speaking of which, four innings, two runs, Three hits, three walks, and three strikeouts. 79 pitches. I am so infuriated they didn't let him go a fifth frame. And it makes me feel like they are going to hold him back against the Royals on Saturday. So, not cool. Imagine it's going to be 75 to 80 there too. He goes down into questionable for me there. And Luis Castillo against the Astros. Six innings, five runs, eight hits, one walk, and eight strikeouts. Not at all what you wanted to see. He might get another one this weekend on Saturday. I'd imagine he would. Uh, And that would be against the Rangers. I will absolutely start him there and don't really have any sort of uh, hesitations about it. Um, I imagine the Mariners are still fighting for something at that point. So, yeah, you're going to be starting Luis Castillo there. All right, we're going to talk about today and tomorrow's starters, and we're going to talk about all that after this
0: break. To sign up for your trial today.
1: Looking forward to today's games, we have Kevin Gosman, Kyle Bradish, Zach Eflin, Hunter Green, Seth Lugo, Bailey Ober, and yes, Michael King in that auto start tier. Lugo's getting the Giants, Ober's getting the Athletics. Michael King just struck out 13 against the Jays, so yeah. Uh, probable start tier is George Kirby, but it's against Houston Astros and Bobby Miller in Coors. So these are guys we obviously like. I, you know, it's a tough matchup, but I'm going to still do it. Um, questionable start here is massive. Oh, boy. This is a lot. We're going to talk about this. Okay, so Aaron Nola against Pittsburgh. If you want to put him in a probable start, by all means, he's been a cherry bomb, and we just realized that he is that. I know he did well against Atlanta last time, but he's just been so up and down the entire season, and you just really don't know what you're going to get, despite it being the Pirates. Lucas Giolito against the Reds. I do like this one. As I do feel like the results haven't been there for Giolito, despite throwing a really good changeup, having good pitch separation. But it's been weird. He hasn't really been at 94 and change. has been more at 92. The slider wasn't really there last time. So there is a floor here that is very uncomfortable, and that's why he's in a questionable start tier. But there's an argument to be made that both him and Nola belong in that probable start tier. Reese Olsen against the Royals is interesting to me. I don't want to say that Reese Olsen's locked in. Because the changeup hasn't been that very consistent with pitch. The slider's been very good. The sinker I do like inside of right-handers. The four-seamer is susceptible. I don't believe that Reese Olsen is this guy who knows what he's going to do every single game and goes out there and executes beautifully. The Royals have been messing up some guys, and it's it's all a little hairy to me. Uh, If you want to go for it, by all means, Uh, for me personally... I think there's a decent chance this doesn't work out. For Christian Javier, he's fresh off the best start he's had all year as far as both ability and results. And I have no idea if he actually made a tweak and will do that again or if this, this is just going to be the most disappointing game once again that we've seen from Christian Javier all season long. As he goes against the Mariners, it was good fastballs upstairs, a tons of sliders for strikes. That's, that's the ticket. I don't know what we're going to get. I really hope Christian Javier is his best self. Uh, Braxton Garrett against the Mets. I want to say this is fine. Garrett's been able to go a steady six a decent amount. I don't want to say that he actually had his best stuff last time. He did get good results. It just wasn't prime Garrett. I mean, prime Garrett to me is sinkers and cutters, perfectly executed uh, glove side, essentially, and then a slider underneath it. That is how Garrett cruises, and then he sometimes has a changeup away or a curveball or something else in there, too. Um, essentially a worse version of Cole Reagans. So I hope we see that from Garrett against the Mets, and I feel relatively okay starting him there. You shouldn't feel too worried about it. And Ryan Pepio, it's a doubleheader for the Dodgers against uh, the Rockies in Coors. He'll go as well. I think Pepio's fine. Um, I think Bobby Miller's better. And you have a decent chance for a win here. I think if you have a Pepio, you're just going to kind of go with it. Adrian Hauser then becomes the stream pick of the day against the Cardinals. And this really is the edge of the cliff of the questionable start here where I feel fine really starting the guys above. And Adrian Hauser, sure, he's just gonna chuck heaters and some cutters and sinkers, and all that kind of stuff, and hope for the best. And the Cardinals are without Contreras nor Arenado right now. So that should be okay across like five, six innings. Um and but it could be like five innings of three or four runs and annoying. Uh, everything. Uh, so then after that, though, it gets really dicey. So we have Bryce Elder against the Cubs. That is a win chance. Good luck. Mitch Keller against the Phillies. He did really well against poor opponents, but he didn't do well against Atlanta. And this is the Phillies. and The Phillies are good. Paul Blackburn is a decent play against the Twins. It's just not that high of a ceiling. And he, we've seen him fall apart a good amount as well. Mitch Keller has a higher ceiling, of course, than uh, Paul Blackburn.
0: Justin steal
1: against Atlanta, I think he's gassed, and Atlanta's terrifying, so I don't really want to do that whatsoever, but if you're saying, no, Steele's been so good this entire year, he was in the Cy Young conversation, all that kind of stuff, go ahead, I I don't really want to do it, uh, Joey Lucchese did a really good job of locating his sinker along the edges last time out, and it's really two straight starts of that, maybe he does it one more time against the Marlins, Tanner Houck has a really good slider and nothing else, against the Rays, and that feels very dangerous to me. Zach Thompson has a discount, Kershaw, repertoire of fastball, curveball, and cutter. And Milwaukee's good at home. I'm, yeah, I don't really like that. Uh, But there's a chance that comes through, especially if he is in a good uh, rhythm with his stuff. Reed Dembers is throwing a changeup now, and it's kind of good. Unfortunately, I haven't really seen the growth in his slider again. And he's at 93 and change as opposed to 95 and change. So I don't like this matchup at all against the Rangers. But maybe that changeup is enough. Zach Davies gets the White Sox. And this is because it's the White Sox. And Davies has gone five plus innings before. But I don't really like what Davies does at all. So, well. And Kyle Harrison against the Padres. He has a fastball that can overwhelm. And a curveball that is good. But it requires him to throw strikes. And also competitive in the zone pitches. That are not, you know down the middle, <laughs> or just he has to not be chaotic, essentially, and that's a big ask, especially against the Padres, who are really good against lefties, but I understand that there is a a wonderful upside to chase if you're incredibly desperate. In the do not start tier, I know Josiah Gray's actually been able to go six innings, and it's against Baltimore, which isn't the scariest thing in Camden, however, Josiah Gray just does not have his breaking stuff, and he relied on sinkers and cutters only last time, and I don't like that at all, um, so I don't I don't feel like the ceiling is that high for Josiah Gray, and the floor is terrible. You have Jose Arania. we don't want to go after that, even though he had, what, seven seven strikeouts, eight strikeouts last time, which is the weirdest thing ever. Not going to happen again. Against Arizona, Zach Granke, he does what he does, even though it's Detroit, whatever. Cody Bradford is going, and maybe he can go five, six innings for the Rangers against the Angels and steal a win. But Bradford just does not do things that you want. Uh, Ryan Feltner and Chase Anderson are doing a doubleheader against the Dodgers, and we don't want to do that. Of course, it's in cores. and we're going to look forward to Wednesday's games now. That is Garrett Cole, Pablo Lopez, Grayson Rodriguez, Tarek Skubal, Tyler Glasnow, Kodai Senga, and Jose Barrios. Uh, those are pretty straightforward to me. Uh, Tyler Glasnow is as low as he is because he has struggled recently with his slider, and now gets Fenway, which is not a fun place to pitch. While the other guys all have lovely matchups save for Garrett Cole, but it's Garrett Cole. Who cares? Probable start here. you have Rangers wars against Pittsburgh. That's pretty obvious. Framber Valdez, who has been struggling a bit, but I like the fact that he leaned more in his cutter and his curveball after the first inning against the Royals last time. So I feel like he should be leaning more into that um, against the Mariners, maybe even the changeup too, which we've seen the Mariners struggle against uh, left-handed changeups a good amount. And Brandon fought against the White Sox. He has a really good slider, that is that sweeper, and the White Sox are very susceptible to right-handed breaking balls. Um, I like that one for thought. Uh Hopefully he can keep off the, the home runs. Just don't allow a home run and you're fine. Easy. Pitching is easy. Questionable starter, you might want to consider Wade Miley as a streaming option as well against the Cardinals. That should be fine. Uh, Brian Bayo against the Rays. Uh, I don't love that his... I, I, don't, I don't love the floor here uh, for Bayo against the Rays. I do like the fact that the slider has been better. He's gotten four whiffs in each of his last four starts on the pitch. Which is nice. It's better than what it was before because it was pretty much only sinkers and changeups getting the job done, but it was only four whiffs, right? We're not at the point of expecting eight to ten on a given night uh from Bayo's slider, which makes us more, yeah, this is changeup sinker focused, and hopefully that comes through. Uh Shane Bieber against the Reds. I didn't love what I saw from Shane Bieber last time. The breaking balls were not very good, but it's the Reds, and as long as he throws enough strikes, I think he should be okay. Andrew Abbott on the other side of that is essentially a Toby at best right now, and he really has not come through as his fastball hasn't been going upstairs enough, honestly. Uh, so if you can do that and pair those uh, sliders and curveballs down effectively, then yeah, then we've got something going, but we haven't seen that for a bit with and He might be fatigued at this point. Bryce Miller against the Astros. Yeah, I'm not seeing the overwhelming fastball we saw at the beginning of the year, and against the Astros, that's very scary. Uh, Dean Dunning gets the Angels. If he has a slider and cutter, that should be okay. Uh, you have Griffin Canning against the Rangers on the other side. His his slider wasn't good last time. And as long as Griffin Canning's able to go like 30% fastballs, which means that his secondary is a curve, uh, slider, and change are enough, then that's fine. But it's the Rangers, and the floor is too low for me here. Um, too low, Witsky. Uh, we have Emmett Sheehan against the Rockies and Coors. If the slider is as good as it was last time, then that's cool. But it's very risky here. And then Matt Waldron actually surprised us last time. He got a lot of his strikeouts not on the knuckleball. And it's at San Francisco, so there's a decent win chance, and he can go five, six innings. We just saw it. So there's something to chase there uh, from Waldron, which is really shocking considering I say don't trust a knuckleballer, but he has more than his knuckleball. In the Do Not Start tier, you have Sean Minaya, Darius Vines, Joan Aviedo, Johnny Cueto. None of these are really appealing. I know Minaya has done well against good teams, but I just don't really buy it at the moment. Darius Vines is kind of interesting. He has a good changeup. Against the Cubs, I don't know how long he's going to go. I think there's too much haze in this one for me to go after. Aviedo, it's a good slider, but it's the Phillies, and I think you don't face, uh, you don't throw Aviedo out there against good offenses. Um, Luis Medina, it could be Joey Estes, and if it's Joey Estes and the Medina goes on Thursday, that actually puts a wrench in our plans because we kind of like the Athletics as a streaming option against the Angels for the final weekend. However, we initially had that as Joe Boyle, Uh, J.P. Sears and Paul Blackburn. However, if this is Joey Estes and then Medina goes on Thursday, that means it's Waldachuk getting the Angels and then Joe Boyle and then Sears, which means Paul Blackburn does not get two starts. So absolutely monitor this. If it's Estes, there is some upside there. I don't really want to do it, but I might move him above Aviedo. As for Medina, maybe he gets he's a follower here. So maybe he's the one who uh, uh, gets the win, possibly. I don't really want to play that game with the Athletics. Jameson Tyone, I really like where he's at. However, it's against Atlanta, and you just don't want to do that. Patrick Corbin goes against the Orioles. Maybe he goes six innings, at least has a leash for it. Miles Michaelis is going to make the his 34th start of the year, the only pitcher to go 34 starts at that time, against the Brewers, which is absolutely wild. Um and you don't want to do it. He hasn't allowed fewer than 300 runs since, I believe, the start of August, which is insane. We don't really know who's going for Kansas City. could be Anthony Veneziano, and I don't want to do that against the Tigers in his MLB debut. Luis Patino is gaining an opportunity maybe for the White Sox. That's very exciting. I have no idea how long he's going to go. I do not expect this to be long, but I hope we see good things that get us excited for Luis Patino as he goes against the Diamondbacks, and Noah Davis against the Dodgers absolutely not in cores. All right, that is it. Good luck this week. I'm here all week to help you out. Of course, if you have any last minute decisions, go to playback.tv slash in the morning from 10 a.m. to 12 p.m. Eastern time. I'm there live streaming and I answer every single question I get in chat. So if you need some last minute advice, this is how you do it. Those are my office hours. That's where I help you with your advice. But all right, that is it. So my name is Nick Pollock and may your badminton be low and your strikeouts high.